0: You are listening to Action Line. I am your host, Jordan Lewis, and joining me today are three members of the First Things First Alaska Foundation. Would you like to introduce yourselves? Certainly, Jordan.
1: Uh, thank you for the invite. I'm Don Habiger is the executive director of First Things
2: First. Thank hey, Jordan. I'm Denny DeWitt. I'm a member of the board.
0: Good morning, Juno. Frank Bergstrom, board member. All righty, well, A, thank you all for coming in. I think this is actually my first time having three guests who are all actively talking. I've had three guests before, but they took turns on and off. Oh, we'll we'll take turns. Oh, I'm sure you'll take turns. But if you do talk over each other, I mean, that's just, <laughs> that's just the show. So we do have a bunch of different things to talk about. The first thing I want to talk to you all about was about how's it looking for tourism. Well, if you uh, look at the uh, numbers that are coming out from
1: CBJ and the tourism uh, groups, um, it looks very healthy for this coming year. So we're excited about that.
2: I think one of the concerns that uh, the Shoreside folks have are uh, employees. Uh, same issue that uh, folks have across. Uh, all the other parts of our community and throughout the state and the nation it's uh, it's a real tough issue um, we're hoping to be able to uh fill all those spots to uh, uh take folks out on excursions that they come to juno for so we're we're excited we're anxious uh, a little nervous but optimistic
0: gotcha
3: yeah, as far as employees go, um, fantastic. If you want to make some money, this is your opportunity. You write your own check here, or write your own deal. So uh, come on out and go to work in Juno.
1: Uh, Jordan and and, and Juno, I think uh, some of the things we have to recognize in tourism is that it provides opportunity for young entrepreneurs to get a start in 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 uh, the business world. Um, Barnacles uh, it comes to mind immediately, and there are others. But a new idea taking um, you know sea products uh, and turn it into a product that they can sell worldwide. These kinds of opportunities are exciting for our young people. And are going to draw, uh, them into the, you know, entrepreneurship. And that's exciting for Juno. The other thing I, I would like to uh, note for tourism is the exciting projects we have on the horizon. Uh, Huna Totem Corp., uh, and their, uh, project there. That is simply exciting. It provides jobs. It provides economic activity. And, uh, we support, first things first, uh, does support Hunatotum and their
0: efforts there. So, uh, we're going to put that on the record here in Juneau. Most definitely I remember talking about it. Uh, I going to tell them a good little bit last month. I did want to talk to you more. Do you think that the reason why there's sort of that employee shortage? Do you think that's a holdover from you know moving out of the pandemic? Do you think that's a big holdover for why they we're still looking for a lot of employees?
3: Well, that's definitely a contribution. I mean, I think you can say that uh, without being embarrassed at all. Um, people got a lot of money, went into savings accounts, and you look at what are the costs of working, say, childcare, that kind of thing. Uh, it just didn't really pan out. But those uh, those benefits are starting to be weaned away, and um, we'll certainly hope that people come back to the workforce. However, there is a long-term trend here, people declining the uh, participation in the workforce from, say, 67% of eligible people down to maybe 62 percent i mean don't quote me on the actual number but there is has been a decline in the overall participation and uh, what to make of that can we do anything about that locally maybe not but uh, we can certainly try to impress upon people where there is opportunity where there are exciting opportunities and try to attract them whatever the reason they're not in the workforce we can provide good reasons why they should be in the workforce. We've got educational programs here. We've got uh, fantastic benefits, so good reasons to go to work.
2: I think the other thing that uh, we have to recognize is that our population is aging. Uh, one of the things that happened uh, during the pandemic was folks who were marginally on that bubble of whether to retire or not uh, did, uh, and they've left the workforce a little sooner than they might otherwise have. Uh, we've had uh, long-term, <coughs> excuse me, long-term, <coughs> excuse me, uh, projections of this change in demographics and shortage of workforce uh, starting back as far as uh, into the last century. Uh and there's a book out by the way that uh many of us have read it's called When Boomers Bail which really talks about this phenomenon and I think the uh, pandemic just uh, got it here a little sooner than than we had all expected but one of the things that Juno does have uh we do have a community that sells well to young people I think uh we have great outdoor activities uh we have a great uh tight-knit community there are a lot of uh, advantages that we can sell but we need to be doing that and as frank says there's great opportunity and uh, come on come on out
3: so if your uh, 401k is not doing as well this year as it might have been two or three years ago maybe you want to think coming back to work
1: Jordan and Juno audience, I want to pick up on Denny's comment about uh, population, and it's one of the things that I've been looking at, and I have a graph.
0: Ooh, um, I love and,
1: numbers, and uh, obviously the audience can't see that, so I'll have to explain a little bit. But uh, I just track uh, population estimates as as projected or actuals or estimated, I should say, uh, by the Department of Labor. And so in 2014, we sort of hit southeast population high, and that was 74,000, almost 75,000 individuals in our region. Uh, However, uh, and here's the very concerning thing that uh, Danny is talking about. As they project uh, 2040, we're down to um, uh, 66,900, so we are dropping uh, precipitously uh, as a region. How do we attract people? Um, and that's the real question that some of us are looking into. Um, and, and if we go down to those kinds of numbers, how do we really adjust our community so that we can become uh, more attractive? Uh, or do we need to change some of our regulations? Do we need to change some of our uh, expenditure habits? All of these are a focus of first things first. Another
3: thing is um, educational programs to try to augment uh, educational programs to attract young folks to jobs that are sorely needed. I mean, some of your basic um, skilled labor forces, electricians, plumbers, that kind of thing are, are all uh, the median age is well into their 50s. In another 10 years, uh, who's going to be fixing the plumbing? So speaking of people uh, uh, retiring early. But uh, there's fantastic Educational programs at the University of Alaska Southeast, they have a dual enrollment program. Adam Stone offers a course to high school students that covers diesel mechanics, fixed plant mechanics, mechanical systems, lubrication, welding. Rigging, plumbing, electrical—all there's construction. Lots of opportunities for young folks to get dual credit at university as well as high school. To get your diploma and get a, a step up on your advanced education. We've got a, a program out there right now called Powerful Opportunities for Women and Resources. In other words, if you are a lady and want to be an engineer, there's an opportunity to meet with your fellow ladies and and think about uh, such programs as engineering, and if you ever wondered why you don't get paid like an engineer, maybe it's because you're not an engineer. Here's an opportunity to get that education and, and take a exciting trip down life, fixing things, building things, and solving problems. So think about that educational opportunity. It's out there. It's available.
0: Reach out and get it. You know, it's definitely... I always have. I've said numerous times to various different programs. I have education is very important. So you need those those opportunities to be able to develop that. And like I was a UAS student, I didn't do, you know, those programs. I was I was a biology student, but I had a lot of friends that did those programs, and those programs are very important because you still need people who can do those skilled labor jobs. And I feel like maybe part of why the there is that higher median age is a good chunk of people feel like going to school, at least when they think about going to college, they feel like doing that is for, you know, higher academia versus, you know, these sorts of skilled labor jobs, which are also very important. My father was a laborer. He worked for the laborers' union. And you and you need people to fill those jobs.
3: Sure, and the idea of a Bachelor of Arts program is – to make you think, to teach you how to think, how to be a rational, reasonable person. And that is a wonderful thing. And it is also extremely wonderful to have skills in life, to know how to ride a bicycle instead of just look at a bicycle and say, I wish I could ride that bike. You, got, you know, once you learn it, you know it. So having the skills that are involved in skilled labor always gives you an opportunity to find employment uh, no matter
0: where you are. Definitely. We're going to take a quick break. And we we come back, we're going to continue our conversation. You are listening to Action Line on KNY. Welcome back to Action Line. I am still your host, Jordan Lewis. At least I hope I am. I don't think I've changed positions anywhere. And I'm still talking with all the folks here from the First Things First Alaska Foundation. Now, we were talking about job prospects, specifically looking at skilled labor jobs. Do you want to continue where we left off there? Well, we do have other stuff to, to cover, shall we? Uh, certainly. Um,
1: Jordan, I know that one of the issues that you wanted to, to tackle was, or at least you queued us up for, was the uh, roadless rule. Yes, A- and um, why not uh, get in into that right now? One one of uh, or the first things first position on, um, if you will, the change in the roadless rule. Recent change, and that was by the Biden administration, is to go back to implementation of the full uh, roadless rule and repeal uh, the exemption that was uh, granted to Alaska. And one of the uh, concerns for, for first things first is just access. We are an isolated region. Um, We need to get connected. Marine transportation, as we've seen with the uh, ferry system, is, is sometimes challenging. And if we had an integrated system uh that included roads and marine uh linkages and they worked in tandem as opposed to uh in solidarity, we think we would have a better system. And access is just important for the Tongas. And so when you uh throw in a layer of regulations that that now become uh a hindrance to smooth processes, particularly permitting, um, then we we get concerned because they slow down uh, projects and they cost money. So that's kind of uh, um, where we're at with the road list rule. We think we should go back to the the exemption.
0: Gotcha. Because from what I understand of it, we've been going back and forth on how the road list rule applies up here for quite some time. Is that correct?
3: Since it was enacted.
0: Okay. Yeah. 2001. Oh, dear. I was... Not young enough to remember that. We'll put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) It has gone back
1: and forth. In 2000, they enacted it. In 2001, 2003, the Forest Service said, "Okay, let's uh, 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 put an exemption on it." So we kind of opened back up, and then we've gone back to uh, a full implementation.
2: And so here we are, seesawing. I think one of the fallacies of this whole discussion is the belief that without the roadless rule. Uh, the entire Tongass is going to be clear cut and that's just nonsense Uh, we have the Tongass forest management plan in place which controls really uh, a lot of the use of resources particularly timber resources Uh, that's not going away Uh, but what as uh, Don has said the roadless rule is simply more regulation on top of that limiting access uh, and impeding things that we could do that would improve uh, transportation through our region. Um, and uh, unfortunately, uh, in my judgment at least, too many people have begun to believe that the roadless rule uh, is somehow the Tongass management plan, and it's, it's not
3: yeah danny's got a great point there that the tongos national forest management plan is the thing that determines logging in the forest and so this whole thing about roadless rule has nothing to do with logging absolutely does not that is messaging on the part of those that are for that regulation but it is not factual the the forest plan determines what gets cut and how much gets cut that is and and where and now if the um this rule had been lifted as the Alaska specific rule had required then it would expand the area from which that level of timber cut in the forest plan could be taken but the level of take would have been exactly the same it can't change it's part of the plan so it's not about logging what it is about is energy and transportation can we get to our communities? Can we get cheaper energy to our communities? If we're all interested in solar and wind power, how do we get that plugged into our, our villages? They're all running on diesel, and they're going to be running on diesel for a long, long time. If we can't get power lines to people, we can't get roads to people, we can't link markets to people, bring goods in, send products out. Um, we have a tourism-based economy. Let's get people moving around, going from place to place, enjoying the culture. So – we have uh, plans with the DOT to build roads and little connecting ferries, and that's what we really need to push for in our region here. It isn't going to hurt a fly. It's just going to allow us to get connected and develop our um, energy resources that we need to have uh, perpetual life here, you know, and to, to keep our communities active and, and lively. So uh, the whole issue about roadless has been diverted down an area where it doesn't need to go because it's just not factual. Logging is not part
0: of the issue. Gotcha. You yeah, know, as someone who's been out of Southeast for quite some time, it's interesting to see that those two perspectives is obviously i've seen folks in town who've talked about build this role in the sense of like no it'll help keep everything like you were saying it's more they're thinking more in the logging sense where you're like no it's about having interconnectivity and those things so it's definitely interesting to hear that another conversation i want to go into now because we were talking about it uh, before the program was we were talking about mining so how's it looking with the mining going so far
3: Well, things are fantastic. We have uh, Greens Creek out there that has 10 years of reserve, and every year it has 10 years of reserve. And, And why is that? It's because they only look out 10 years in advance. It's a function of how much money you put into the ground and... Prove up the resources to replace that which they have already mined. So, fantastic resource, tremendous deposit. They're doing fantastic work out there. And they're employing, well, you know, a thousand people or so all in and then uh, you got your indirect. So, nominally, between the two mines, there's probably something in at least 3,000 people, 10% of this community that's directly involved with, with mining. And we'd like to see more of that and there's programs out there to get you a job at those mines and the Starting wage, well, I shouldn't say starting wage, I don't have that, but the average wage, one hundred and thirty thousand dollars, that's pretty good money.
2: I think the other thing that uh, folks forget, uh, it's sort of an out of sight out of mind uh, notion, but the mines are the number one and number two property taxpayers in this community. Without those two resources paying the kind of property taxes, and, indeed, uh, they buy a lot here, so they're paying sales tax as well. Uh, in order to maintain the kind of uh, city services we have, all our property taxes would certainly go up. Uh, the uh, Greens Creek mine uh, also is an interruptible electri- electricity user. Uh and if they were not to be there using electricity, our power costs would go up about, last I looked at it, it's somewhere between about 18 and 22% on everybody's electric bill. So there are a lot of things that the mines bring us. Uh, they're doing a good job in terms of how they're managing the environment. Uh, they're providing us a bunch of... Uh, softball and soccer coaches and uh, other folks in our community. Uh, They're just a wonderful resource that I don't think we really appreciate to the extent that uh, perhaps we ought.
3: And a bit of a younger population uh, so that there's more kids in school. Uh, They're contributing a lot of kids to our schools and and then think about mines. It's very um, material-intensive, so you got to bring all that stuff in. So they're bringing a lot of stuff in on the barge, sending products out on the barge. Uh, without that, our barge facilities, our barge services would be tapering off. Uh, everything depends on the level of, of commerce that's happening in a community, and they add a lot to our level of commerce. So everybody benefits.
1: And I think the last point that uh, I want to make on uh, the value of our minds is that they're, if you will, importing new resources, i.e. new dollars. And so as they sell uh, a resource that uh, they obtain here in our local area, and they sell it worldwide in the various uh, uh, smelters, uh, nations, ex- et cetera, these are all uh, economic dollars flowing into our community. And we simply must uh, uh, take advantage of those kinds of opportunities. And uh, good point, Don. And let's
3: just think about what's being mined. Uh, we've made the point on the program here in in months past about uh, the critical minerals that are being mined out there. Gold and silver; those they aren't just uh, precious metals. They are uh, industrial metals, and zinc and copper. Well, uh, lead. They're they're all elements that are needed for our high tech economy. And
2: we well, only for those people who like to use their iPhones, their computers, just the minor things their EVs. in life. Yeah, they're EVs.
0: All your important tech stuff. <laughs> That's right. right. We, got, we
3: have to have mines. And, uh, if you can't, you know, the old saying goes if you can't grow it, you have to mine it.
0: But what if it's, uh, well, no, yeah. Well, I guess well, it wouldn't apply to, to, like, animals, though. That'd be, you gotta farm it or catch it.
2: So not <laughs> everything
0: is growing or mining, but.
1: Well, those animals have to grow, so yep. in that, yeah, that
0: general well, context. Yes, that would still be true. But
1: our fishing community needs those electronics as well because they have to know where they're at uh, on their fishing grounds. That's so right. there you go. Mining that's connects
0: with fishing. That's yeah. an entirely fair point. Well, we're going to be wrapping it up here in just a few moments. Do you have any closing comments? Uh, certainly. Uh, First Things First,
1: Alaska Foundation can be found uh, via our website. And so if you just check out on a Google search or whatever your favorite browser is, First Things First, Alaska, Juno, you know, we will pop up and you can connect with us. We encourage that.
3: And I'm going to put a last little plug in here for that power program for women and resources. And it is a website. Maybe you could even post it on your website. But T I N. Y-U-R-L dot com slash P-O-W-R camp. I hope you wrote that down. <laughs> well, I could, also,
0: <laughs> I could probably snag the flyer from you.
3: Yeah, Very good, very good. And we hope that uh, young ladies will, will turn out and participate in that, along with other programs available as we discussed earlier.
0: All righty. Well, that sounds good. I'd like to thank you all for coming in one more time just before we close up. This has been Action Line on KNY. I have been your host, Jordan Lewis.